In this episode, we break down what you need to know about sourcing and selling the most in-demand item on the planet right now. I am joined by the one and only Kara Atchison, and we're diving into all things face masks. There's a ton of money to be made right now selling masks due to the coronavirus pandemic, and Kara will help us navigate through the process so you don't get burned selling counterfeit or substandard product. Let's get educated and get after it. Welcome to episode number 149 of the Private Labeler Show. I am your amazing host, Nick Landowski, and I am making it my mission to help 1,000 people quit their jobs to start an e-commerce business using the power of Amazon. Now, I hope you guys are having a fantastic day, and I hope you're out there making it happen in both your personal and business life. So guys, I just wanted to throw this out there. I'm truly grateful and blessed to be involved in this e-commerce world using platforms like Amazon and Shopify. So I just wanted to share a little gratitude here with you today. And I don't know about you guys, but lately my sales have been off the charts and I could not be more excited. So hopefully that's the case for you guys as well. And you know what I'm seeing day in and day out has been rivaling a lot of what you'd see in Q4 peak times. So again, hopefully uh, that is spreading over to you and your business as well. And my only issue is that I'm blowing through inventory so quick now that is creating massive challenges when it comes to staying in stock. And I guess at the end of the day, those are pretty good problems to have. Okay, so let's get right after it here today, everybody. And I'm super pumped about today's episode. It's gonna be an absolute barn burner, I promise. And in just a second, I'll be joined by Kara Atchison. Now, guys, as I sit here recording this, the number one search term on all of Amazon is face masks. So in fact, that kind of has been the case for the past few weeks or months, really. And obviously, if you've been paying any attention to what's been going on in the world with the global pandemic that we are still currently in, you'll know that uh, whether it be world governments, businesses, schools, hospitals, Average Joes, people like you and I, everybody's been trying to get their hands on face masks, okay? So I kind of seen this uh, happening early on some months back when all this coronavirus stuff started. There were a lot of sellers that seen the opportunity and they were trying to source and trying to find these masks, obviously, to maybe make money from or maybe even donate to hospitals or anything like that. So Kara actually reached out and she says, hey, we have to talk about this. There's just immense opportunity here for the listeners. And uh, it's not so simple when you want to buy masks. It's not so simple just to go on Alibaba or you know off some Facebook ad or whatever and just buying them and expecting that everything's going to be okay. There are certain things that when you source these that you need to know and understand. And if you don't know these things, you could potentially be setting yourself up for failure to get you know counterfeit products, products that you can't sell, and ultimately it could cost you. So today's all about educating you. And uh, like I said, Kara reached out and she says, hey, I've been kind of paying attention to what's been going on with this. And if you guys don't know who Kara is, she was recently on episode 142, which was a very popular episode. She actually lives in Taiwan, but she's got her ear to the ground in China. She's very boots on the ground in China. So she knows what's going on when it comes to sourcing and dealing with factories. And again, this is you know the most in-demand item on the planet right now. So again, we're just here to educate you guys at the opportunity. And by no means have you missed 
the boat on selling masks or anything like that. Masks are here to stay. They aren't going, uh, going away at all. And uh, the one thing that I am seeing that you guys might be seeing it as well, what's the number one complaint from people wearing masks? They say that the masks aren't comfortable, okay? And then on top of that, uh, people like to kind of stylize their masks. Now, that's kind of the, the trend that I'm seeing happening. So there's opportunity here for sellers to create a better mask, more comfortable mask, and a cooler looking mask because a lot of them, let's just face it, they're kind of plain, you know, they're, they're standard white or whatever. So again, there's opportunities all over the place and there's demand here. So let's kind of put the two together. So by the end of this episode, you will be a little bit more educated in masks. So that way you can go out there and maybe make a, um, a business out of it. So stay tuned to the very end. I will recap today's episode and give you some of those key points. And before I get to our conversation with Kara Atchison, please subscribe to the show. If you're on YouTube, if you could subscribe and hit the notifications bell, that would be super cool. And while you're at it, please leave a review for the podcast on iTunes or whatever other platform you're on. That's all good. So without further ado, let's get after it. Here is my conversation with Kara Atchison. Hey, everybody, please welcome the one and only Kara Atchison to the show. Welcome back, Kara. Hi, Nick. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me back. It's great to be here. Um, I'm over here in Taipei, Taiwan, just across the water from China, and I'm helping some clients source materials from there and qualified factories. And it's a challenge in this new environment of the you know, working online. I'm used to getting on an airplane and then being there in an hour, but today we're doing everything online. Yeah, you, uh, the last time we were speaking, um, the last time you were on the podcast, you were saying that you were very uh, boots on the ground, if you will, in China. And uh, <laughs> obviously not so much these days, maybe <laughs> a little bit different. So you're all virtual now, like a lot of us. Um, Kara, like uh, you were just talking about your your business a little bit. Like, what is what do you do exactly for your um, for your clients, just so that the audience understands a little bit more about you? Obviously, your boots on the ground, like we said, you're over in uh, Taiwan, and you kind of work uh, work with customers and and getting goods made. But if you could just maybe uh, shed a little bit more light on that, that'd be great. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Um what kind of product it is. It could be something electronics. That's kind of my background, but it could be materials like glass or metals. And I go through the same sourcing process of validating that the factory is a factory and understanding the customer's requirements to make sure they get what they want. So that's really what I do. I kind of help them qualify a factory. So I'm a little different than a trading company that's buying and selling I open up the factory to the customer so that they can understand all the details and reduce their risk. Okay. And we were just, uh, I guess we can talk a little bit about what's going on in China right now. I know people are obviously very interested um, in, in hearing about, you know, is everything back to normal there? And, and we were just kind of talking offline about that. Um, what, is, is everything kind of going okay back there? Obviously there's still a lot of shipping issues right now with logistics but in terms of like the day-to-day operations of the average factory, uh, what, what are you seeing right now that the listeners should just be kind of aware of just to help them understand, you know, when they're speaking with their representatives or whatever, just so they kind of, just so they kind of know like what they're dealing with. It's definitely better than it was a month ago. They're still not at full 
full force, full capacity. And you can, when you're talking with salespeople, you can feel the strain because they want to get some information for you, but they don't have all the resources available to them. So every once in a while, some of that frustration will pop out and they'll let you know, hey, we just got over this virus thing, you know, we're suffering over here. And then they go back to helping you find what you need. So I think just some sensitivity to that is that the people there, their jobs, they're still having to work and they're just under a lot of pressure right now. The average Joe in China. Okay. Um, so let's, let's jump into masks. So uh, here we are. It is uh, what May in 2020 and mm -hmm. the hottest topic of conversation around the world has besides coronavirus has been masks. So there obviously are a lot of sellers or just people in business that saw this months back as far as the supply and the demand of the world. Everybody trying to get their hands on these masks that everybody needs, that all the world governments need, that hospitals need, schools need, institutions, you name it. And, you know, gover governments is ordering hundreds of millions of these masks. We all know the story behind this. I mean, we, you see it every day on TV. And obviously... Um, you know, I'm not a mask expert. I want to make that very clear to the audience out there. I, I will share in just a little bit here some of my experiences in trying to source masks for donation purposes. But I know that there might be people listening to this podcast right now that have thought about entering into this market of selling masks, just given what's happening with everything. Or maybe you already have. And if you have, maybe you've kind of learned very quickly that it's not as simple as just going to Alibaba or reaching out to some random, you know, factory or supplier and just, you know, paying them for masks and, and expecting that all will be well, that you can make a whole bunch of money right now selling these wherever you're going to sell them to that's, you know, direct to a hospital or whatever, or if it's just putting them on your own website, there's actually a lot that you need to know. And that's what I found out myself um, a little while ago, I think maybe like month and a half ago, two months ago, I started looking into this whole mask situation because um, some of my friends uh, actually work in the medical industry and they're on the front lines. So we all know the, you know, the, the frontline workers right now and, and what a great job they've been doing. Yeah. And it, it really occurred to me, like when I started reaching out to them that, man, they, they are not, a lot of these facilities, they don't have masks available. And some of my friends were telling me that, you know, this is a couple months ago that they don't have masks. And they were being told right. by, their, by their supervisors or whoever at these, you know, rehab centers or hospitals or wherever it was that they're working that, hey, uh, you know, use a bandana or use this or some home homemade mask or whatever. And I said, this is absurd. Like, this is insane that they don't have these things. And they're on the front lines dealing with what we're experiencing with this coronavirus stuff. And so I jumped in and I thought, well, I would like to try to get them some masks. I thought maybe in my line of work you know, mm -hmm. just what I do with sourcing, I might have an inside track on, you know, try to get them a couple of cases just to, I don't know, do my part, if you will. And sure. so I quickly realized, I'm like, man, you can't just like, you need to know what's going on when it comes to sourcing masks. And uh, yeah. if you don't do it properly, you could be opening up yourself to a whole line of problems where maybe your mask gets seized, maybe uh, you're selling masks that are not certified or whatever. And you're, you're just really going to open yourself up to a lot of problems. And on top of that, just even shipping the masks out of, let's say China, uh, just the whole slew of problems. 
So I thought, well, I kind of got, I went through a crash course on all this and learned about N95 masks and KN95 masks, which we can talk about. Yeah. But I just thought, you know, the audience needs to be educated on this because as we were just talking offline, like, you know, the, the rush on masks, that, that's not going to go away. So I see it right. as like, there was a huge rush a couple months ago at epic scale, but the world has changed due to what we're experiencing right now. Like how most people live or a lot of people live, especially in major cities, densely populated areas, life will never be the same anytime soon. Like things are going to change if they haven't already and more people are going to be wearing masks and you know, that, that's, that's not going to go away. So there's opportunity here. What I'm basically trying to say, there's opportunity here um, for people that still want to jump in this world of, of selling masks. So uh, I thought it was awesome when you reached out to me and I thought, you know what, this is a great conversation because it's, if you look on Amazon, the search results, it's still one of the top searched items. Like there's still so much interest. Okay. And um, I, what, I, what I think we can do is educate people. Again, I'm not the expert, um, <laughs> but I just want to educate people so that they can make really good decisions if they're considering uh, sourcing and purchasing these masks so that, you know, that they actually make the right decisions and don't, um, don't put themselves in an unfair or a, a bad position and, and get uh, ruined financially or whatever. So I know that was long winded, but I just kind of wanted to cover some bases there. Uh, well, it's a topic. I mean, it really is. And, um, you know, I guess, first of all, I really don't like to wear masks <laughs> in, in Taiwan is a mask culture. You know, we wear masks all the time everywhere in the office because if someone is sick, they still go to work and they wear a mask. And so my experience with masks has been negative because people come to work sick, but they're wearing a mask and then half the office is still sick. So what I know about that is masks do work if they're worn properly. But if you're just putting them on your face and they're not clean and you take them off and you keep touching them, they're really not doing you a lot of good. So that's one part, right? Mask effectivity, you could debate that all day. Um, but we do know if you block the particles from people sneezing or you protect yourself from being hit with those particles, it can help. Um, the trouble here is that this mask has become so volatile in terms of sourcing and the quality. Everybody has kind of seen an opportunity to either make money or to try and help, but not taking the time to educate themselves about what is a good mask. So um, let's get into that. What do we need to know? Obviously, if you turn on the news, you listen to press conferences or whatever, we hear things like N95, KN95. And as when I was doing my research, I was like, okay, these need to have certifications. Um, and that was, I believe, NIOSH, or if I'm, if I'm saying that correctly. So yeah. how, do, how do people know? Let's say they, they're looking online and or somebody reaches out to them uh, from China, whatever, says, hey, we can get you some masks. Like, what are the first things that they should be looking for to make sure that they're not wasting their time, that this um, factory or supplier, whoever it is, is actually producing, like, proper masks? Well, I think the first thing, you know, I'm, I'm like you, Nick. When I first started looking at this for a friend, I realized how, how volatile it could be and how much misinformation was out there. So I took some time and I started reading the CDC website. There's a, a section on NIOSH area that even talks about counterfeit masks. But what I realized, it's like any other certification. The factory took the time to test their product, 
prepare a bunch of paperwork and get the certification from NIOSH, there is a number associated. There's a certain marking protocol that they have to go through all the way down to the packaging. And so they spend about probably 10, 20,000 US to get this certification, plus the headache of all the paperwork and all the tests. And, and then our certification body tested. Every country has this. KN95 also can be quite good, but they have to be the real deal too. You know, they have to have passed those certificate tests, not just have something written on the box. So depending on where you want to use these masks and what the purpose is, figure out what certification you need. Go to the certification body's website and figure out if it's listed there, if that company is listed there and what the part number is before you go and find the company. Okay. So KN95, N95, um, both, I mean, I know that being in the U.S., that's uh, the U.S. version or the one that, let's say, right. that they say is appropriate, but the KN95 was at the Chinese version, and there's, there's some subtle differences, but both would be somewhat effective? I think they would be. It's just that if you want to sell these to a government office in, in U.S. or hospital, it has to be N95 because that's what they recognize. They are making some exceptions, but I think it's difficult and you're putting yourself at risk of having a large inventory of something that they decide not to use because they have the N95. Okay. So let's uh, just clarify to everybody or just get it out there again. You got to make sure that these masks are certified. Was it NIOSH? Um, And if you're sourcing or or like selling into the U S just make sure you're in compliance with, you know, and selling N95 just to be safe. And then um, it all depends upon, I guess, yeah, if you're going to be supplying them to what, you know, whatever institution, if it's a hospital or whatever it is, you got to see what do they need, you know, what certifications do they require and, or like what, mm-hmm. what regulations they have, like, like what are the, what are the re- specifications that they're looking for um, and kind of go from there. And if you're not in tune with that, you may be opening yourself up into some, some problems you don't even want to deal with. And I guess my, my next question is like, should we buy, should we be sourcing these masks directly and dealing directly with the factory itself? Or would it be appropriate at all to deal with um, like a middleman on, on something like this? At this time, I would not deal with the middleman. Now, people may mistake me for being the middleman because I work with the factories, but I open up the factory. I want the customers to know what's going on with this product here. And the reason for that is middle. Things can be counterfeited very quickly and printed up. They can write N95 on the box. They can, they can have official boxes with fake products in it. And, you know, if they're not, don't come from the factory and they're stored somewhere, how do you know the conditions they were stored in? You know, not knowing the origin of those products in this case becomes very important. So that, that's to me is that's what I worry about is that you could have fake products or you could have improperly stored products or even expired products um, that I think dealing with the factory is the only safe way to buy masks. Okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, I think it kind of makes sense in this, in this situation that you want to make sure that they're legit and that, you know, you're getting not only the certifications, but like, how would you, how does, how would the inspection process work on something like that? Um, it, you would obviously oversee that or help out with that, but what are they, what are they testing uh, during that process there to make sure that, they, that the masks are good and, and uh, proper quality? I'm, I'm definitely not an expert on the test, but 
the research that I've done, the part that's the same between the N95 and the KN95 is the 95% of particles of a certain size are going to be filtered out. And they basically glue it to, they glue the mass to a piece of metal and they put a bunch of particles in and then check the filtration. And then they measure how many particles are in there. So you've got to have special equipment for this. And the mass company either has to have the equipment on site or they hire a third party lab to do the tests for them. Um, those tests should be done every batch and you should be able to see a test or inspect a test report. For me, since I can't go there, I've got colleagues inside China that will go to the factory and help me look at those tests. Or we can do a web chat, you know, we can look and video together and see how things are coming along. That test is very important. Each batch needs to be tested. Okay. And then I guess that was the next thing, obviously with the, the travel restrictions in place, you know, you kind of just mentioned you, you have contacts with boots on the ground, but how else right. would that work? Is everything just going to be virtual at this point in terms of, uh, you know, is doing the best that you can to kind of inspect and check out a factory to, to deal with since we can't, it's kind of, you know, it's changed and how we, we kind of go about that for the time being. But um, you said you have contacts, but like, what else could you add to that? Right. I've got contacts, but at the same time, I'm interested too. So when I get ready to do this uh, factory inspection on one particular mass factory, We'll do video conferencing. I want to walk around with them in the factory, just some virtual. <laughs> and so why not do that for other things? If, you know, if a factory owner has worked very hard to establish their place and do everything, they're proud to show you how they do things, as long as they feel like you're not using it against them. I mean, that's another thing too, is some factories may worry that you try and are sizing them up, you know, looking at their capacity and stuff like that to put them at a disadvantage. So you got to be a little sensitive to that about what they can and can't show you. Um, but yeah, just, I think virtual is the way to go. And if you've got a friend or a colleague that you can pay to go there and be your eyes and ears, even better. Okay. Excellent. So there's still ways around it. And uh, you know, how are, with like the, the mad dash on mass, I mean, you've seen, you know, world governments and everybody and their mother and brother and, you know, probably uh, contacting a lot of these factories right now. I imagine a lot of these factories are just overwhelmed. I mean, I think it was the U.S. government just placed an order for like, I think it was like 500 million masks or some something crazy like that. So that's just one country. And um, my my guess is, yeah, there's just you know just huge demand and, and a lot of uh, craziness still going on with this. Um, essentially, like I, I guess I want to know, like, are, are there going to be factories out there that just kind of blow you off right away or, or blow individuals off. Don't give them prices. Like just, are they, there's a, I'd imagine there's a lot of tire kickers. So like, how should we approach that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, just think about yourself um, when you're really busy and then all of a sudden somebody just keeps pulling on you to say, Hey, you know, I need this. I need that. Give me this now. And then finally you explode. Um, that's exactly what's happening with the people at the factories. So be a little aware of that. At the same time, it is their job to help you understand what you're buying. So don't let them pressure you into buying something you don't fully understand. Even if they're upset, that still is um, no reason, you know, to be able to just be pushed into something that, um, that is not right for you. So caution, same rules still apply, but also patience. Okay. And 
they are around the line. I've seen video from friends where they're waiting outside at night to get in in the morning and place orders. So many of the good factories on the CDC list are book solid. They don't care about getting new orders. So you can't go in there and say, I want the best price if I buy this big quantity. Um, they just don't care. They're at capacity. Okay. That's good information. I guess, you know, for people yeah. that are trying to drive the hard bargain and negotiating tactics and you have to kind of take into consideration supply and demand at the, you know, and, and with what the capacities of the factories are at right now. So yeah, tread yeah, carefully, I guess. Anybody. Yeah. Um, so transitioning now, let's just say we get our mask, our, our order completed. I just know from my, my personal experience in this right now, um, getting masks shipped out of, let's say China specifically right now, may not be the easiest thing to do for whatever reason. I know just uh, in speaking to my situation, uh, a couple of my suppliers uh, were kind of hooking me up with a relatively small quantity of masks just to send to me, you know, and, and it wasn't like a huge amount. And I think they were just shipping them out via DHL. And um, I knew that there was going to be shipping delays, but man, I didn't think that there was going to be delays plus issues with shipping masks out. So I, I learned very quickly through... Uh, through some of my contacts that if you're shipping any sort of mass like that out of China and it had to do specifically with DHL for a while, they were halting all, um, all exports of the mass for a while and just huge delays. And I think it took yeah. well over like a month just to get a small box of mass out of the country. And it wasn't just because the shipping was slow in itself. There were issues with customs and the Chinese government uh, right. ensuring that what was being shipped out was, appropriate or I don't know what type of guidelines they had. I have no idea, but I just know that the government got involved and right. seized a lot of shipments and created, created all sorts of backlogs and of, of just general shipping. So what, what should we be aware of when it comes to shipping these masks out? Yeah, I have to be honest and say that I am still looking at this very carefully myself. I've run into the same thing that others have and you know, being here, I do have a little more insight in terms of why it's going on and what's going on. And, you know, so Chinese have gotten a lot of bad press for the quality of the masks when probably the truth of the matter is that people had bought things they didn't know what they were buying. And that got into the news and got reported. So the Chinese government took some action to put stronger controls on things that are being exported. Um, and then combine that with people jumping into the mask business in China that maybe they made electronics before and today they're making masks. <laughs> and so they don't know how to label anything or pack anything and it's not meeting the requirements. You know, if they put, you know, KN95 on a box, it better have a cert from the Chinese government or they're going to tag it at customs. And so just because it's from China, they can't just put KN95 on the box. They have to also have the cert from China. And so that's where a lot of them are getting tagged is that people have just printed up stuff and called it good enough and tried to send it through customs. And that worked for a while until the bad press happened. And now the Chinese government's stepping in. And every day there seems to be a new directive from the government over there about what you need to do to comply. Okay. So... Yeah, that's all interesting. Factory, that's where a factory is really going to be able to help you. Or you may get lucky and it may get through, you know, it, it just don't know. So I think factories who already are in this business understand this whole 
situation. Yeah, that makes perfect sense because uh, the suppliers that I work with, you know, out of out of nowhere, yeah, they're all of a sudden selling masks, right? Yeah. And uh, I'm just kind of going like, okay, are they getting these from another source or are they actually kind of setting themselves up to, you know, make masks? Now, I have no idea. I didn't ask those types of questions or whatever. But yeah, it just seemed like everybody over there just overnight was selling masks and, or making them or trying to. So therefore, there's no way every single factory was going to be in compliance on all these rules and, and certifications and things like that. So that makes, I guess, a lot of sense. I even had one yeah. of my freight forwarders just emailed me out of nowhere saying, Hey, do you want to buy masks? We can get them for you. And I was just like, wow, like, okay, they're yeah. even trying to make money from this. And you know, people wow. seeing the opportunities out there and you don't know what you're buying and maybe they're just picking them up thinking that they're good enough and you know, right. trying to make a couple bucks and then therefore they're stuck in customs and you're stuck waiting and <laughs> not happy. So I just yeah. wanted to throw that out there to the listeners that, yeah, if you've, you know, just expect that there may be some delays if you're trying to ship your masks out, even, even if it's a small quotes. amount. Even quotes, quotes that I could get in the same day or take in a week to get the quote. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, and I guess we can transition a little bit to like, and that's kind of the mask information there. Hopefully you guys took some value from that, but just like sourcing in general, like post we're not really post coronavirus yet, I guess. Like we're still kind of, still kind of trudging through it. Um, right. I mean, from my point of view, every as we were talking offline, all of my suppliers bounced back really quick. Uh, my orders kind of happened and, and got produced, you know, relatively quick uh, a while back. And um, is is that what you're seeing? And from your contacts, your ears to the ground, or like the normal production of, of the day to day stuff, is that happening or um, are there other issues outlying that are uh, causing delays? Like are per certain parts of China kind of shutting down or is everything, you know, kind of back in full swing? You know, I, I think um, different areas have different conditions. It just it could be the factories are just different too. Uh, it's hard for me to judge based on, you know, I'm, I'm currently got some things sourcing out of Guangzhou and outside of Shanghai. And I'm not, you know, I just see different things at different factories and more on the shipping side. So it seems like they've got product, but then the shipping is not so reliable for them. Things they used to do very cheaply, very quickly, suddenly become difficult. Um, so it's hit or miss for me. Okay. Yeah, I think everybody can attest to uh, logistical issues. And if, mm -hmm. you guys are, if you guys were in my Facebook group, you know, a few weeks back, I was definitely expressing my my anger over that or my <laughs> frustration, uh, still frustrated with you. And I know we're all going through it as far as, uh, you, know, you get your goods produced, your products produced and you're happy, but then you got the other battle in terms of, uh, getting it to where you want it to go. And sometimes that seems to work out well, and sometimes you're stuck waiting and it's unfortunate. So yeah, I think there's it's good things that have come out of this though. Like, uh, we've learned how to do a lot of things virtually, like I form partnerships with people that I never thought about doing before, you know, and, um, also here in Taiwan has kind of been a sleeping giant. You know, we've been out of the manufacturing business for a long time, but we still have a lot of the expertise here and I'm seeing things come back to Taiwan a little bit and go other places. So, it's kind of creating opportunities in places that we didn't expect. Yeah. I, from what I've seen on that, I, I heard that the Japanese government um, kind of recommended or told, I don't know to what degree their, their companies that were doing business in China. And they said, Hey, 
you know, if you're, if, if you're willing to like start bringing some of that production over back over to Japan, back to the home country, yeah. you know, there'll be some financial incentive and so on and so forth. So I imagine a lot of countries right now are kind of talking to their businesses and looking at, you know, how they get things made. And, you know, every, everybody was getting everything made in China, especially some medical, medical supplies or like critical things kind of right. just kind of questioning like, Hey, is this really the best move? And, uh, some productions definitely been shifting all over the place. And I just, I remember getting some, uh, some messages some months back when uh, things were really, really crazy in China um, from some suppliers in India, basically kind of raising their hand going, Hey, 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 like come do business with us. Like there's problems over there and we could help you out. And the same thing with Taiwan. I, I did get some, uh, some suppliers reaching out in my industry kind of saying, Hey, consider us, you know, like you're experiencing problems here and, so I think it's an interesting dynamic and shift that is is uh, is happening right now, and we haven't really you know seen the the full ripple effect of everything as far as where the chips are going to fall. You know what I mean? Yeah, we also have our own rules. Like for now, your your viewers may be interested to know that Taiwan is not exporting any masks until July. As of the current date, the government has 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 kept the mask companies from exporting. They are doing donations to countries. Um, but I think in July, when we start to export from Taiwan, that that will create another type of volatility, especially in pricing. I'm very interested to find out. I'm going to work on that this week to see how competitive we can be coming out of Taiwan. Um, I think that will change the pricing and that people who have bought a lot of masks at a very high price may wish they hadn't had so much inventory. Okay. So you said July, so that's July. Uh, it's coming up. Right around the corner, isn't it? <laughs> it's already I mean, May. <laughs> yeah, what happened to 2020? I mean, it just, it's just yeah. been the, the wildest. We were inside our houses. We were inside our houses talking with each other on online yeah. meeting. Yeah, it's <laughs> gardening. been a... I've been gardening and baking bread, you know, so I've got to get out there. I'm, I'm ready to get outside more. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody is. I know, uh, you know, people are just, they're over it, you know, they want some sort of normalcy. So and they want things to go back to the way that they used to be with business and just sourcing and shipping. And it's like, yeah. we're still kind of in the middle of it. Like it's kind of still, you know, causing problems. But yeah, we're just so ready for some normalcy and to some degree. And as well as we were talking, like, this changes everything, like nothing fully goes back to normal everywhere, you know, like there's, there's going to be a lot of changes, not just with people wearing masks, but the social distancing and just, you know, like restaurants in general. Yeah, they can open up, but they can, they have to space out a little bit more now. So they need to retrofit and like kind of modify their, their deals there. And it's like sporting events. I have no idea how that's going to work going forward. So life as we know it, you know, will change at least for the foreseeable future. And because of all this, so, but man, we're just ready for a little bit of normalcy. So I, I was telling you offline, I got to, got to go to the beach today for the first time wow. in forever. And that was just, you know, amazing. It's like you take those things for granted that, hey, this is always going to be an opportunity you know, out there for me, but it wasn't for a lot of people. And uh, we're going to appreciate those little things now once things start to open back up again. We're going to appreciate being able to go and have a nice meal at the, uh, the local, you know, restaurant or whatever it is. And uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's just been kind of a crazy year. It has been. And I've got family, of course, in Dallas. I'm originally from Florida. And so I do miss those beaches down there and the outdoor things to do. But uh, Taiwan hasn't really shut down. Where restaurants, everything are open. It's just we're all wearing masks everywhere. And uh, we've been very lucky and spared by this terrible virus situation. We have a few cases, but very low numbers. And uh, I think actually that's maybe that's why the mask... Um, 
market may come to Taiwan, you know, just because of how it has worked for us here, it seems to have, um, judging by the numbers. And you were saying uh, that there's roughly only 400 some cases in, in all of Taiwan, correct? Right. right. So every day at 2 p.m. they have a press briefing and they announce the new cases. And last week we had about five days with zero cases. And yesterday we had one. And they're all coming, Taiwanese people coming home from abroad who have gotten sick either in the United States or wherever they've been. And then they come home and they're getting, you know, screened at the airport. And if they're not caught at the airport, they have to go, everybody goes into quarantine here when you come in for 14 days. You need to do that. You can do it at your home, but they will put an app on your phone so they can make sure that you're going by the rules. Um, and I think that that alone, you know, just kind of closing the borders and making everybody go by the quarantine has really saved us. Well, that's good news. I mean, when you told me it was only 400 some, I yeah. It just doesn't even seem realistic, you know, because you see yeah. such high numbers elsewhere. So that's fantastic news for Taiwan. Um, yeah. You know, it could have been a lot worse, but uh, it sounds like uh, things are under control there, which is, which is great because yeah. one is too many the way I see it. And, uh, yeah. you know, that's, that's good news. And, uh, you it know, Kara, yeah. so what, what else are we, can we circle back around? Did we miss anything on the mass conversation? I mean, we covered the certification stuff, the NIOSH. Uh, making sure you're buying direct from a factory, uh, just really making sure that wherever your goals are, if you're going to be selling to an institution, a hospital, whatever that is, that you are in compliance with their their regulations, their specifications, so that way um, who's ever sourcing or trying to make a business out of this is doing it properly and you know not going to waste money and time and uh, put themselves at a liability here. So, I mean, did we kind of cover everything we needed to cover? Or is there anything we need to circle back around to that we missed? You know, I think that really covers everything. But I believe just keep in mind, the rules are still the same. Know your product, what certs you need, buy from the factory, check them out, audit online or go visit them. And then this new rule is shipping is is volatile, it's a mess, and you have to be responsible for it. You can't rely on your factory to arrange all of that for you. You have to get in there and know the details of that part too in these times. So you know what I'm seeing actually, just thinking about this. So the the standard, let's say N95 mask or whatever, does the job. It's generally that all the ones I've been seeing are like white, you know, they're very plain or whatever. They're not supposed to be fashionable, but what happens is <laughs> the average person walking around wants to turn it into a fashion accessory, right? Yeah. Hey, so, it is here in Taiwan. You know, yeah. you got to have matching. You can go down to the local, uh, um, I call it the dollar store here. And, you know, you could buy masks in different colors to go with your outfits, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So not, so, not N95, but more of a fashion statement. You know? Yeah. So I'm kind of seeing that as an opportunity to some degree. I don't know, but like, you know, we like to be individuals at times. And obviously yeah. if you're working for a hospital, you just want your mask to work. You know, if you're a nurse or whatever, you're not necessarily, you don't really care if it's what color it is, but I'm just kind of seeing as I go around town now, um, <laughs> there's just a lot of people that are, you know, jazzing their, their masks up, you know, whatever it is, they have little sayings on them. You know, they're making little statements or uh, I've even seen ones where, it's they're putting like sports teams on them or whatever. So I think that's like a whole slew of opportunity in terms of business and entrepreneurship to go, okay, Hey, everybody needs these masks. Like how do we make them good? How do we make them in compliance with all these things? But how can we customize them to make them different? Because whoever can figure that out in terms of, you know, different colors 
or different yeah. styles or whatever, you know, like it, it's almost a fashion statement to some degree. And I, I don't want to like minimize the coronavirus right. stuff or sound insensitive, but right. um, I'm just seeing that, that that's where it's going. Cause I'm gathering all that just from walking outside, but also seeing that like on my Facebook feed from like ads and things like that. And I'm like, Oh, you know, I don't know if they're good masks or not. You know, I don't know if they're compliance, but I'm just seeing a lot of like really creative, customized ideas that I think you can need to do print on demand masks now. Um, you know, totally custom, but at the same time, yeah, they're going to be, you know, uh, would a hospital be able to wear them? I probably not, you know, depending, but I'm just kind of throwing that out there for you guys listening right now to, to go, cause we're always talking on the podcast about differentiation, how to be, you know, have that unique selling proposition, uh, what makes your stand out. If everybody's selling the white mask, like what if you had the black one or the blue one or whatever, people yeah. are going to want that, that different color and that different style. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is exactly what I love about um, America and Americans. Uh, we can take something that's bad and turn it into something good and fun. We love to have fun. We don't do something just because it has to be done or it's practical. We can do practical and also have fun with it. Um, I think those are great ideas, you know, to be able to personalize masks and still take care of business. Um, we're a resilient group. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You get a lot of uh, hive mind action there and people uh, want to be individuals at the same time and uh, good things can happen with entrepreneurship kind of sprinkled in there. You know what I mean? Bringing it yeah. in there, seeing the supply and demand. It's a, it's a beautiful thing at the end of the day. And as long as it's helping maybe save some lives or protect some people, it's awesome. You, know, you made me think of something about the masks. One thing I don't like about them wearing them is they're hot and uncomfortable. Um, and actually, that is one differentiator between the N95 and the KN95. The N95 is a little more comfortable for breathing. It, it's, it actually allows it to be easier to breathe with the mask on. Um, comfort is going to become a big thing. If you've ever worn a mask for any period of time, I don't know if you've tried it out, Nick. Have you tried putting one on? And I, I, just got, I just got my KN95s, actually, and I haven't put it on yet. Wear it around. Wear it around and see what you think after about 10 minutes. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. They're hot. And um, even my, I feel like my vision is even a little bit obstructed with that on my face. You know, it just gets in the way of stuff. It's not comfortable. Um, I can't imagine going out and playing tennis with a mask on. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. No, thank you. Know, you. It's just, and so there's another part for innovation besides color and style, comfort. Yeah, some smart engineer out there or, you know, somebody that has a great idea that can kind of make it, uh, make it so that people, yeah, aren't, aren't so uncomfortable, especially in hotter, hotter client or, uh, you know, climates yeah, and things Florida. like that. Yeah, Florida or wherever, you know, just anywhere. It's like uh, we're headed into summertime now. So, yeah, people will want the comfort and the style. So, I'm just saying, who's ever listening right now, if you, if you, yeah. if you have your, your everything spinning in your head right now, you could revolutionize this mask industry and, you know, help a lot of people and maybe make a mint. There you go. Yeah, I think that's going to come out of America, too. I really do. Yeah, well, it's possible. Yeah. So a lot of smart <laughs> people. So Kara, this has turned into the, the most amazingly fun conversation about N95 or K95 masks in the history of mankind. So congratulations for being part of it with me. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. It is always great to chat with you and I appreciate all the stuff you're doing for the listeners out there. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, where, where can we find you, Kara? Uh, if you want to give that blurb out there, where, where can we find you online? If somebody's listening and go, man, I need to connect with her. I got some needs. I got some inquiries. Uh, where, where can we find you? 
come find me on LinkedIn. I'm Kara Atchison and LinkedIn is where I live. <laughs> All right. So we will link that up in the show notes as usual, everybody. So that way, uh, if you're wherever you're at right now, you can just uh, get the link in the show notes there. And uh, Kara, this has been amazing. I appreciate the information. And I know the listeners do as well. Got a lot of value out of this. Um, I feel yeah, like I hope it helps people, you know, when they get all this misinformation, I hope they get what they need so that, you know, they don't make any rash decisions and they're doing it with all the knowledge, you know, going forward, they can make good decisions. Excellent. So that about does it. Uh, we'll wrap this one up, Kara, until next time. Appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we get back to normal here in the next, I don't know, a couple of months so that we can go enjoy a meal at a restaurant and, uh, I don't know, maybe even a sporting event or a concert one of these months. I have no idea if that's ever going to happen anytime soon, but we can be uh, a little bit optimistic. <laughs> yeah, it, it'll be here soon. <laughs> yeah, better. I mean, I can only watch so many old, uh, old reruns and old highlights oh, of sporting oh. events right now. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm dying here. <laughs> so, all right, Kara, we'll let you go. Uh, appreciate it. And we'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Kara. That was awesome. The most fun I've ever had talking about masks. So we greatly appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your busy day to join us here on the show. Uh, again, that was just awesome information. And I know that the listeners enjoyed it as well. So I just wanted to share three critical key takeaways from our conversation to kind of recap for you guys before you get on with the rest of your day. So takeaway number one, make sure that the masks that you buy have the proper certification. So that would be NIOSH certification. So whoever you're sourcing these from should be able to speak to that and uh, understand that. So just make sure you go in there knowing, again, who your audiences be, who you're gonna be selling these masks to. And again, you wanna make sure that you're selling them legit product, nothing counterfeit or anything like that. And if you're selling in the US, you're gonna wanna make sure that you're sourcing and selling N95 masks, okay? So that's really important that you understand that. So takeaway number two, Kara recommended that you source these masks directly from a factory and avoid third parties. And you also want to avoid factories or suppliers that just suddenly decided that they want to capitalize off of this craze and start you know, making masks. So you wanna just go with a factory that has always made these masks, that knows and understands the specifications, the certifications you need, things like that. So that was a great tip and great takeaway that I wanted to share. And finally, takeaway number three, just be prepared for shipping delays uh, having delays through customs. There's just a lot of uh, slowness that's happening right now with shipping in general, but more specifically with these masks, if you're sourcing, let's say from China, trying to get them out of the country through customs, things like that, just be prepared and expect some delays. Now, it depends upon when you're listening to this or when you're sourcing. Maybe in the future, things will go a little bit smoother, but right now, everything's a little slow. So just be prepared to kind of wait. So those are my three takeaways would be curious to hear what your takeaways were, what your thoughts on this episode were. Join us in the Facebook group and start that conversation. You can find us at privatelabelershow.com forward slash FB. 
And also, guys, make sure you follow up with Kara Atchison if you have any further questions or needs or desires to have her help you source mass or uh, anything else for that matter. And again, you can find Kara through her LinkedIn. I'll put that on the show notes. And you can also look her up on her website. That is LoneStarTech.tw. That's LoneStarTech.tw. So that about does it, everybody. Make sure, again, you subscribe to the podcast, leave a review. Uh, That would be greatly appreciated. And we will talk to you in the next episode. Have a fantastic day. This episode of The Private Labeler Show has ended. Please show your support for the podcast by subscribing for more business strategies and tactics to help you build your empire. Also, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.